Hi guys, good evening, good evening, good evening. It's Friday evening and I am so excited to be with you guys. Uh, my name is Arjun Vedya and uh, I have, other than being the CEO of Dr. Vedya's, I've actually been a member uh, of Network Capital for the last three years, I think. Um, and I'm just so excited to be here uh, to support my good friend Utkarsh. Um, I think more than just being a part of the community, um, I'm really happy to see this book and to see Utkarsh's thoughts uh, come alive in a more structured format. Um, <clears throat> I think for me, over the last three years, <clears throat> building my company, Utkarsh has been someone that I bounce ideas off every once in a while. I have meaningful, deep and long conversations about serious issues, about thoughts, about my growth, my company's growth and just someone who I like to bounce and um, sort of share ideas with. Um, and so a lot of what I see in this book actually um, is part of conversations that Utkarsh has had with me, with a lot of folks in Network Capital um, through our WhatsApp groups, through the Facebook group, but even through one-on-one -on -one conversations, right? Um, and so before I go into specifics of the book, uh, I think I want to talk about what network capital has meant to me um, and then move into specifically the book and uh, what I learned from the book and drawn some personal experiences. But I think before going into the book, I think a lot of what the book talks about is um, a lot of the information and philosophies and knowledge that's shared on this amazing community called network capital. Um, and so for me, it's been a safe space. It's been an amazing community of people from across the world who share the same thoughts and ideals. And I think this book um, and the success of the community is a testament to the hard work put by Utkarsh and the team on this outstanding platform. And so before I start talking about the book, actually, I just wanted to sort of share my thoughts on network capital. Um, so I think um, I wanted to share three thoughts um, on three specific chapters of the book. Um, out of the various chapters in the book, three specific chapters that meant a lot to me. Uh, and I'll draw on some insights and experiences from my life as well um, and my learnings and how what the book says resonated with me. Um, and then we'll actually sort of uh, bring the, the main man into the show and, and have a conversation and, and we'll get Utkash to, to chat with us as well. So I think first for me, the title of the book, right? The seductive illusion of hard work and <clears throat> even the hard work delusion that Utkarsh talks about in chapter 45, uh, that is something that that has a lot of relevance in my life, right? And, and I've had multiple deep conversations with Utkarsh as well about hard work versus smart work. What is hard work? What is smart work? What's the difference between the two, right? Um, so from, from, from my personal experience, um, and, and I have no shame in saying it, uh, I am a hard worker, right? Uh, I'm a, uh, someone who comes from a, an entrepreneurial family. Uh, my father's an entrepreneur, my dada, my grandfather, um, whose legacy I'm taking forward, he was a doctor. Uh, but there is a culture of hard work, right? There is a culture of saying that, you know, I work 12, 13 hours a day. I'm always on the ball. I'm always going. I'm always sort of 
there if someone messages me at 11 at night about work i will be responding i will be there if someone in the middle of a family lunch says i need 50 packets of livid up um i will leave my family lunch open the office open the warehouse take out those packets and service the customer right and and, and that's how my life has been but i think that the title of this book specifically right that it is uh, a seductive illusion right it is a it is something to say hey i'm always busy i'm always wired i'm always making things happen and so uh you know after multiple sort of deep thoughts and and as a startup entrepreneur you spend a lot of time um a lot of your time on on working on getting things done but you then reach a point where you start questioning you know did i actually make the correct use of the last one hour um have i actually been most efficient have i planned my day correctly did i spend time on the right things is it possible for me to get the same output in 10 hours as opposed to 12 hours or in 8 hours as opposed to 12 hours how important was that jog to me right because for me every time i go for a run i get the best ideas right and so i think the title of this book specifically and and the 45th chapter on the hard work delusion got me really thinking about these things and these are things that i question a lot um when i look at my day and my life is is it important to put in the hard work or should i be a smarter worker but i think for me uh, when i look at this specific issue right uh i think there's no right answer um but i think it's also important to identify what you are right and so i identify myself as someone who would be a hard worker as compared to a smart worker that doesn't mean i have to be 100% on one end of the spectrum uh, i could be closer to the hard work side but still learn to work smart in certain situations and so when i read this i started reflecting on my personality and my life uh and and the way i work and and i think that that this title as well as chapter to me was extremely powerful another chapter that that i want to talk about was chapter number 6 right why early failures in your career set you up for long term success and i think that uh when i started um my company uh, my dad said uh to me you know do you sleep well and i said yeah i sleep fine i came from private equity and i said yeah i absolutely sleep fine uh and uh then he said okay you have some way to go uh, and then as as i got sort of more into what i was doing um i realized that uh failure is extremely difficult right in the early days of a company um you experience a lot of monumental failure right and i think a lot of people mistake this um to say that in the early days you experience monumental failure but after that you're fine right and and i would say that 3 and 1/2 years in we're still dealing with failure and facing failure on a daily basis in our company but i think those early failures right set me up to accept and work through what is part of the journey right had i had a situation where i had smashed out of the park from day 1 and done exactly what my excel sheet business plan said uh, i wouldn't have been able to actually 
deal with the failure when it came. So I think the early failures, at least in my startup, geared me to life in a startup, the roller coaster ride that's a startup, and the roller coaster ride that's life, right? Because today, I mean, I see it with with um, people much older than me. I see it with people who I may consider much more successful than me as well. Dealing with failure and being ready to deal with failure. And I'm not saying I'm the best at it. I'm not great at dealing with failure. I need to get much better at the way I deal with failure. But having that early failure and not being immensely successful at the get-go really geared me to the journey. Those days of sitting in front of my laptop, waiting for emails, waiting for sales, not having sales makes me value the days when we have too much sale. It makes me realize that it's not going to be like this forever, but the days you have it, cherish it, value it and treat it with a lot of respect, right? Uh, the days of walking into a room and pitching Dr. Vedya is really hard and having no one give you interest made me realize that I have to pitch it hard wherever I am, right? And so I think those early failures geared me to be, in my opinion, uh, have the right attitude as an entrepreneur, right? And, and before we get Utkarshan, I think the last chapter that I wanted to touch on is chapter 15 before we get Utkarshan. And that's why you need to have a coach or a mentor, right? And this is part of what Utkarsh believes, part of Utkarsh's philosophy, part of the network capital philosophy, but also part of my philosophy as well, right? Um, and I, I'll talk about a few personal experiences that have really, really, really helped me as an individual as well, right? Um, I have a lot of respect for experience. I have a lot of respect for gray hair. I'm not one of those maverick entrepreneurs who says, I'm young and I know it. No, whether it's my father, whether it was my grandfather, whether it's veterans in the industry, right? Uh, I think experience, coaching, mentorship, and feedback is extremely important, right? And I think I'm going to extend the definition of coaching and mentorship a little bit further to feedback because I think that coaching and mentorship has a perception of old, has a perception of experience. And I think that that is extremely important for me, right? I, I still call my dad in the middle of the workday and say, you probably handled this situation at some point in your life. Um, I'm stuck here. Can you tell me what you would do now? You don't accept everything that you hear. You don't accept every single thing that you hear, uh, but you, you value that experience. You understand that experience and you take what you can from that experience. And I think moving forward from that as well, right? Feedback for me from my team, from my wife, who's the CEO of our company, from my friends and family, from our customers, from everyone, this feedback mechanism in life is extremely important. Now, what do you need with this feedback mechanism? At least for a startup entrepreneur, you need thick skin. Um, for a startup entrepreneur, everybody gives you feedback. Everybody gives you advice. Take the advice, understand the advice, process the advice, and then take what's relevant for you, but take it all. Don't hide from it. Don't stay away from it. Take it. I think that to me is also sort of 
extremely important. So when we talk in chapter 15 about why you need a coach and mentor, I think the reality is you need that feedback mechanism. You need that bouncing board. You need that pe person, people or group of people, which could even be network capital office hours, by the way, where you discuss with someone else with an open mind. In a startup, I always see where a horse with blinders, right? But constantly working on the same thing day in and day out, but constantly, constantly working on the same thing day in and day out. And sometimes you need that opinion. You need that open mind and you need that mentorship, coaching, advice or feedback. And so I think these were the three key thoughts that I wanted to start the conversation with. Um, I'm now very excited to invite the author, my good friend, uh, and I would say in a lot of parts of my life, a mentor and a coach to me as well. So Utkarsh, uh, firstly, congratulations on this amazing book and uh, the amazing journey that's 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 been Network Capital, right? Because um, I think it's been a very, very important part of my life and my journey. Uh, and I'm so excited to bring you on this chat. Arjun, I can't Arjun. tell you how, how excited I am to uh, to participate in this conversation with you. And essentially, you've seen Network Capital from the very beginning. In fact, uh, you've been such an important element of co-creating the experience um, from hosting discussions to giving ideas to being very generous with your time and uh, to coaching and mentoring some of the younger colleagues who, um, you know, who either now work with you in strategic positions and some of the interns who come from uh, colleges. So I. I think in a way, uh, listeners, uh, viewers around the world, Arjun does exemplify what uh, network capital is meant to do. Sure, um, it will help you get into the top schools, get you great jobs, but the essence of network capital is not that. These are byproducts. And look at Arjun. Arjun is somebody who exemplifies it in so many different directions. Let me just reflect on some of the points that, he's, that he mentioned. Coaching and mentoring is usually not just destination based. Oh, let me just get into school X or uh, company Y and life is over Tata bye bye. It's basically a relationship that is cultivated. So if you just look at how Arjun and I have nurtured our friendship and our camaraderie over the years, it's not based on a point in time outcome. Sure, we also have those kinds of discussions, how we can support each other uh, at a more tactical level. But the fundamental premise of it is trust. And uh, uh, Arjun is one of somebody who's like seen it from the beginning. And later this night, you will also hear from somebody else who's uh, an investor who's seen Network Capital from the beginning. When you, how do you scale trust? So you scale trust through kindness and through contribution capital. So the reason I'm delighted to have this conversation with uh, a very special champion uh, of network capital, Arjun, is because he exemplifies both of them. But now let's ask him difficult questions and challenging challenge him on. Friends, actually, I want to add to one point of what you said as well, right? Hmm. I think the point in time thing, right, is extremely important. Extremely important that one point you said, because I will tell you that there are a lot of folks who reach out to me for help, for advice for questions, right? Now, if Utkarsh reaches out to me for a question, or I reach out to Utkarsh for a question, um, we already have that relationship. We have that equation. We have that trust amongst each other, right? But 
there are a lot of people who just reach out saying hey my name is so and so or hey uh, we've kind of met at so and so place tell me about this right and it's not like i don't answer the questions right i answer all of the questions but if someone i know or someone who has spent the time and effort to nurture that relationship ask me the question i am biased and i am invested to spend more time and effort in that relationship that question and that help so i think what utkar said is that mentorship coaching friendship a feedback mechanism or a circle of 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 sort of friends and supporters has to be a valued built up relationship rather than a transactional one absolutely uh, just to uh, emphasize this through several examples so now arjun and i know each other for 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 a few years but uh, before that we were strangers like we had not met so essentially uh, the evolution of our friendship our uh, partnership or i think mutual support for each other arose from a very simple idea how do you help interesting people do meaningful things which is essentially what network capital stands for so when arjun meets me or i meet arjun or when arjun meets older or younger colleagues i have never seen the discussion only pivot on what can i get from x but rather what can i give to x and i think if you if you just remember this principle it will not only make you super successful professionally but you will also have a lot of uh, really fun relationships so when i'm in bombay or in delhi or both of us are traveling um there's nothing really to like it's not that we can't discuss this on phone but uh, most of the time you will see that arjun and i um just find a way to meet for for nothing in particular and these are the kind of relationships dear listeners with that will last you a lifetime because uh, these are non transactional relationships and you know as we platform a platformized economy and we look at gig economies and all of that uh, network capital is not you know a gig economy for x it is also that but fundamentally it's about helping interesting people do meaningful things the way Arjun does, and also his partner, who's incredible, uh, who I'll tell you about when I ask you about couples that work, and also a very interesting story that uh, that might come up today. So, Arjun, uh, uh, do you do you remember uh, once I came to your office a couple of uh, years back? Yeah, and that was actually the first time I met uh, uh, his wonderful partner. Um, and they were all in this both in the same office from what I, i can tell you now just as a sociological just like as an outsider i walked in just to say hi to my friend before heading to a friend's wedding actually so i was outrageously dressed like you know i was in bombay sweaty bombay heat i was wearing a a pretty hot suit it was uh, and i entered this office it was bubbling with energy as you walk in um, there are some really uh, beautiful artifacts that are kept and when you when you enter i saw a bunch of people doing different things where once uh, in one corner was trisha who was i think managing some really intense uh, operational issue and um, in in one another side of uh, uh, the office was uh, arjun thinking about how to scale at that time i think he was building or expanding to some factory um, in pune um, and i what i t- took away from that particular 20 minutes that i spent in the office was 
just the energy and the curiosity, but also football. The one thing that Arjun told me that evening was that uh, he does try and make it a point to um, support football uh, or, or some sport in, in, in a local club in Bombay. And uh, it just made me realize that what he is off stage is who he is on stage. What he is off field is who he is on field. And that's one thing that I make uh, a point uh, subtly, hopefully, in the book is that there is no work life, there is no personal life, there is life in that you work and you relax and you try and sleep uh, properly. And uh, I want all of you to make this a core value. Uh, many of you do really intense jobs, but uh, you cannot be a very different person in the office and a very different person outside office because that is just too much pressure uh, to carry on your shoulders. You need to be a very, very, very good actor to be able to pull that off. So that football example made me realized two points. One is the mentoring and coaching, the point number three that uh, Arjun spoke about in his initial remarks, and also the importance of being one true self um, on and off stage. And then also couples can work in doing very different, very intense things together. Um, so yeah, that was a very riveting 20 minutes um, uh, that I spent. And I do encourage you to reflect on uh, the principles that Arjun highlighted keeping the story that I told you in mind, because that story made a, you know, it helped me, um, you know, think through some of the issues that I was uh, uh, trying to analyze. And you know, from, from what you've said, right, Utkarsh, I think um, uh, what, what really resonates with me uh, in what you've said is the be your true self, right? Because um, sometimes we think that what is in our professional environment and what is in our personal environment is completely different, etc. All of that, right? So my Instagram bio before what it says now used to say just one simple sentence, right? There is a <clears throat> commonly known phrase, um, "Nice guys finish last." Now I consider myself a nice guy, so I changed that, and my Instagram bio say, "Nice guys don't finish last," right? And mm -hmm. I believe that. It's totally okay to be a nice guy, right? And now when you look at our company as well, our philosophy, the way we work with people, right? So I'll give you an example today. So there is a vendor that we buy um, saffron from. He's in Kashmir, right? Uh, and he is someone who my grandfather used to buy saffron from as well. He is someone who, uh, when the worst part of the lockdown hit, Right, uh, Ayurvedic products still had to stay open, and we were open. We needed saffron. He's in Kashmir. There was no courier company delivering it. He got a truck, and he said, "You're going from Kashmir to Dadra Nagar Haveli, Silvasa, where my factory is, and you're going to deliver this wow. saffron. And whatever the cost is, it's okay." Right now, today, right, we had a situation where. The saffron that he was giving us was about 15% more expensive than what we were getting from another vendor, right? 15% more expensive. But this is a guy I've been working with for a very long time. Someone from my team came to me and said, the saffron from him is 15% more expensive. Now, this is someone who supported me in my toughest time. I told my team, do not go ahead and buy the saffron from somebody else. Show the price to our saffron vendor, tell him that I am getting it 15% cheaper, but we 
support you. You tell us what's the best you can do in terms of price. If you can match this price, great. If you can't, we trust you. And that is, to me, the philosophy of being a nice guy. But in my toughest time, he loaded the truck and paid the 20% extra in transport to get me my goods because he said, I can't stop the supply. Arjun, you like this is uh, perhaps such a powerful story. I don't have anything to comment on except for one thing is that uh, I think in the long run, nice only nice guys finish first. Yeah. You cannot be in today's world. You cannot be a crook and get away uh, for too long if you unless you're really invested in making other people successful. You can't. And uh, and I also want uh, you, dear listeners, to think about the story that he said. It's uh, it's. Again, it's talking about relationship, not a point in time. But uh, when you go back, it doesn't mean that you have to be uh, not take any other considerations in mind. He did go back to the vendor uh, and subtly said with kindness, with empathy, that can you consider matching it? But it was a data driven approach. It was not, you know, a pressure tactic to artificially come up with a number. It was a real thing. And in the book, I talk about a principle in the mental model section, the generosity is power. I think remember Arjun's uh, Insta bio from uh, from, you know, one iteration before and couple it with generosity is power. If you want to be powerful, your generosity is your best bet. And I, I really hope that uh, uh, you remember the story that Arjun pointed out, because that's so important. Uh, people often forget that, you know, uh, you have to succeed in life. You don't need to get at any destination. You can win a Nobel Prize and still be an abject failure in your own eyes. There are many examples of that. So treat it like a long continuum. So enjoy the process. Um, I have a, just a couple of questions because, you know, it's just a fascinating discussion. Arjun and I can go on for a couple of hours. Um, but drill down just on two things, Arjun, because I, I know um, we're out of time. One is it, how do you make couples work who do complicated, <clears throat> complicated things together in terms of work? And the other thing is that uh, our listeners would, I think, really love to hear some pointers for resilience. Um, how yeah. might you survive a tough winter? Yeah, so so I think on, on the couples work, actually, I read that, that chapter of the book, uh, but I thought it'd be too cliche to talk about it because I talk about it a lot. Uh, but but I think there's one thing that that uh, that both Trisha and I have to say right um, about this. The first is as Utkarsh said, a work-life balance uh, for us it's not work-life balance; it's work-life merger, right? It's a I mean you could a be harmony, harmony. I think work-life harmony merger, right? You could be um, sort of home, finish your work day, and then come up with a thought and and be having dinner and discuss that thought and that's okay. So a lot of people say, Hey, this is my work time. This is my, uh, relaxation time. This is my workout time. This is my, this is my, that, right. And I am a proponent of not working 24 seven because I did it for a little bit and it, it took me to a close to burnout situation I, I, and I didn't like it. Right. But it's okay to have those conversations when they need to be had. Right. That's the first thing. The second thing, which is really important, right. Utkash is, um, honesty and truth, right? Um, especially when you're working with your partner, right? So there are times when I'm super stressed and I would 
if I get stressed, then Trisha will get stressed. If she gets stressed, then both of us will not perform to the optimum, etc. All of that. But then she would come in and say, hey, I know you're stressed. Tell me why you're stressed and let me know how I can help you. Right. And I think that's really important is you are doing it together. You're bearing the burden together. The hard days should also be done together. But then for us, what's really worked is the same amount of passion to the cause, but also a clear demarcation in responsibilities. So if you come to me, Utkarsh, and you say, Arjun, tell me about warehousing. Tell me about inventory management. Tell me about operations and tell me about your CRM software. I will not act like I know the answers. I will not. I had an investor reach out to me about a warehousing company and he said, would you use a software like this for your operations? Would it help you? Now, the easy answer for me would be like, maybe, yes, no, whatever. But I said, no, I can give you very, very limited feedback to your question. But the right person to ask that question would be Trisha. She will be able to answer that question better for you. And in my team as well, if someone comes to me and says, hey, we need to do stock planning for the next one week. Sorry, I can't do that stock planning for you for the next one week. Like every other member in the team, if I need stock for one of my relationships, one of my platforms, one of my businesses, I will go to Trisha and say, I require this stock. Please tell me when you can get me that stock. But if, for example, there is something on strategy, there is something on investor relations, there is something on finance, there is something on exports, I am the point person. And then I am the one who will be managing that piece of the business. So I think truth, honesty, and clear demarcation of responsibilities is extremely important when two passionate people are working together. Whether it's your partner, whether it's your life partner, or your business partner, or your colleague, appreciating, or and, respecting yeah, or sibling, appreciating and respecting each other is extremely important. Yeah. And one more point, listeners, always remember that the way know what you don't know, because uh, I think uh, it's always better to quickly say that, hey, this is not my circle of competence, which I talk about as a mental model. Always know what your circle of competence is and just try and stay there. And for that, you need you need to delegate um, uh, properly. And that's uh, what the smartest <clears throat> people in the world say as well, right? The most successful yeah. or we consider successful people say, I couldn't do it all myself. I hired people smarter than me to do things I didn't know. Right? And, and you talk about that in the book as well. And you have to, it's not a, it's an easy thing to say, but it's not an easy thing to accept. But yeah. accepting that is extremely important, right? Saying I don't so know, important. but it's okay for me not to. I don't need to know everything. And, and on the other yeah. point, Utkash, you talked about resilience, right? And I think yeah. that we're in a situation right now, which tests resilience to the core, right? We thought we were in a lockdown for two weeks, then it became three weeks. Now it's become six months. Um, we're running businesses now in situations where we never thought we could work from home, but we are being forced to work from home. We never thought that we could do a roadshow for a book launch using a digital platform. But here we are doing this conversation on digital platform. Now, if you think seven, eight months ago, Utkarsh would be in Bombay at an event with 50, 100, 200 people, and we'd be having a panel discussion. Now we're having this discussion here on a digital platform and we're okay with this discussion, right? And I think from this, what we need to take is two things, right? One is that change is the only constant, right? And you have to learn to accept that and be okay with it and move forward. And I'll tell you, right, there are so many clever businesses that have gone that, that if they would have said, Hey, it's doomsday for me, I'm done, right? They would have shut shop. 
but i am seeing luxury clothing businesses selling masks i am seeing uh hotel businesses doing interesting pivots to be able to survive through this time and some have become even more successful and i think that shows the real power of resistance to accept the change and think through positively the change that's the first thing the second thing right through this time is positivity now it's difficult in a situation like this to stay positive but without that right just accept the negative now as a startup right doomsday is zero sales and all of us hit that doomsday between march 20th and april 10th 15th 20th may 1st june 1st depending on what industry you were in those days i mean when i said pause all our campaigns on facebook and google i said that and i thought to myself my god that's 18 months of hard work it's gone when i started looking at our daily mis and seeing from 5000 orders to 100 orders and then 50 orders and zero orders i thought to myself oh my god what's going to happen here but then after one day of just sort of panicking and being stressed i said look we're never ever going to get this time back ever right what can we do in this time of zero sales can we look at our website experience can we look at our customer experience can we reconnect with all our clients right and i saw hotels and restaurants doing reconnects with all their clients i saw a holiday home chain reach out to me saying hey we have lakhs of customers who have bought into this holiday home rental situation we can't give them that can we give them an offer for for immunity boosting products from doctor can we just send them an email with a 25% discount and i think that exemplifies the or personifies the ability to pivot and be on your feet in the situation and, and yes eventually we all got back to business or some form of our business right but in that period which was a lull you used it to do a lot of things that you would never get the chance to do and i think seeing it in that light is extremely important yeah and uh, i mean this story exemplifies uh, adaptability quotient and anti fragile companies and people and the reason that i um, i hosted arjun on a friday night was also that he takes a break uh, or a breather for a couple of hours with trisha and he's kind enough to lend it to the community um this conversation has been riveting for me arjun every time i speak to you it just uh, reminds me how much i cherish the friendship and how much you um do for the community and uh, what we have built together uh you know you doing your thing but what we built together the foundation i think that is something that we need to scale to scale uh personal and professional relationships that work and i really hope that everyone listening in everyone chiming in looks at the core principle don't look at arjun from outcomes outcomes he will like he will do trisha arjun is like they will get whatever they want that is not why i call them um because the process is the real teacher so please try and as you see this conversation on network capital tv uh, i think in 6 8 hours um as you keep coming back to it those stories that process is what you should be reflecting on and i do hope that uh, you constantly keep going back to the book as well 
to look at you know what is the foundation of those stories uh and i hope you keep scaling kindness and scaling trust thank you so much arjun one, 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 one thought i want yeah. to leave everyone with right one thought i want to leave everyone with look this is a tough time for all of us right and utkarsh talked about instead of what you get also give right and you will encounter a lot of people over the next weeks months and maybe even years who are drastically and severely affected by the current situation that we are facing and so i think what utkarsh said is something that that i like to practice but but this conversation has refreshed my sort of um feeling towards that scale kindness and offer help wherever you can because that is the real power of having what you have right we are all privileged people we have much more than what what most other people have but giving back to me is is the real value and that's the thought that i wanted to leave everyone with because that's the core principle of network capital that's the core principle of all of us being a part of this community everyone who's watching this video buys into this vision um and so practice it a little bit more in your daily life i agree and watch arjun's network capital master classes they are really a, a gem of inspiration i have to say a plug for a little bit of his podcast he started an amazing podcast right do check it out uh, i'll have uh, the network capital tv team share the link uh, i think some of the episodes that uh, that i've heard have been truly insightful one actually i heard last night so keep doing the awesome things keep defying time arjun and i think this is a message for both of us we should take breaks as well right like uh, hard Thank work you. is very seductive but uh, we need you. time to process all right absolutely stay Cheers. safe stay healthy stay immunized take care bye this is fun bye